question I get all the time is, Shalene, can I still have alcohol? Is alcohol healthy for me if I'm drinking a glass of wine or if I'm doing it in moderation? Am I going to be doing damage to myself or is this something I should cut out completely? Well, I'm glad you asked. And it's a question I had as well. While the research is very clear, drinking alcohol on a regular basis is not going to improve your health long term. There's plenty of benefits and we have studies to support them. Enjoying a glass of wine might just be good for your health. As with most things, not all wines are created equal. Just because you're drinking red wine does not mean you're doing something good for you. As a matter of fact, it was learning about how domestic wines here in the U.S., what they're allowed to put in the bottle and they're not required to label, that explained to me why I had these crazy headaches. I mean, I did not like wine. Every time I had a glass of wine, it was kind of unpredictable how I would feel the next day. And soon I figured out from listening to an episode of Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey, I learned about a company called Dry Farm Wines. More importantly, I learned about what it is we're allowing into the bottles of alcohol and wines here in the U.S. and why it's so important to know what's in your glass of wine. So if you are looking for a healthier alternative, if you do want to have the occasional glass of wine and you're looking for something that has less than one gram of carbohydrates, less than one gram of sugar, there is finally a healthier alternative. So you can enjoy a lovely imported glass of wine, the highest quality wine, super affordable. Everything's been tested. It is pure. It is organic. And I promise you this, you can taste the difference. If you don't believe me, try it for yourself. You can go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shaleen. Let me make it really easy for you. You don't even have to remember that. Just swipe over this podcast, look at the show notes, and you will see a link there. Again, it's dryfarmwines.com forward slash Shaleen. And when you use that link, you'll actually get an additional bottle of wine for just one penny. Try it. You'll love it. And you might just live a little longer. So why not make a healthier choice the next time you want to have a glass of wine, something that isn't loaded with preservatives and additives, something that's a little lower in alcohol content, way lower in carbs and sugar, and far healthier for you. Check it out, Dry Farm Wines. Hey there, welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. You're in for a treat. So Brett did an episode, oh, I don't know, gosh, it's been probably like a month or so ago, where he shared some basics about managing your money. That episode prompted just a ton of kind of beginner questions about the whole idea of investing. And we realized there's a whole bunch of people out there who have this misconception about money. And I'm not even talking about mindset. I'm talking about when is the right time to get started? And do you have to have zero debt before you start thinking about investing? And one thing that Brett and I recognize is that like neither of our parents were really like we didn't learn anything about investing money from our parents. In fact, we didn't learn anything about how to get our money to grow so that we wouldn't have to work as hard. I mean, let's face it. Like I love what I do. I freaking love podcasting. I love talking to you guys. I love teaching. I love sharing things that I've been through and helping people. But one of the reasons why I love it is because I don't have to do it. I don't have to do anything. And that is a kind of freedom, like the freedom to know 
that you get to decide what you're going to do and if you want to do it and if you want to keep going or if you want to record today. Like, that's an amazing feeling. (laughs) And it's probably one of the reasons why I freaking love everything about my life is that it's choice. And the reason why it's choice is because we've figured out how to make our money work hard Like, I definitely work hard. I definitely work hard. But I have the luxury of deciding if I want to or not. I don't have to. (laughs) So I get to do things that I really, really love. And that is the result of self-education. Like, we didn't learn this from our parents. We didn't learn this in school. And a lot of this, we learned the hard way, knowing it's not fun to feel like you have golden handcuffs on. Like, you, you have to do something because you can't afford not to do it. That wasn't fun. I don't enjoy being in that position. And we were definitely in that position at one point in our lives. It also sucked to be in debt. But those seasons in our lives taught us so much. They forced us to examine our own money mindsets. And it forced us to like educate ourselves. And like, that's the most amazing thing about like the world that we live in right now. No offense, Michigan State, but I've learned so much more since graduating from college than I ever did in four years of my degree. Like we've learned so much about money management and mindset and both of us having to recognize that we had stories that we were telling ourselves about money, you know, like we had these negative beliefs that were resulting in us losing our money over and over and over again. I mean, you know, if you listen to the show, we were deeply in debt until we figured out how to change our beliefs around money our beliefs around investing, and then educating ourselves. And then lastly, learning to remember that money has no power. Money has no power over us. Zero. We have the power. Money is just energy. And in today's episode, Brett is here to answer your questions about getting started investing. Now, listen, Do not turn this episode off. I don't care if you're in debt right now. I don't care if you're like, I hate numbers, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear about it. Listen, you deserve abundance. You're smart enough to understand all of this. You are in a position to start doing this. And today is a day. So let's do it. So the first kind of question that I kept seeing over and over again, some of them were like, how do I start? When do I start? Do I have to have a bunch of money? I have money in my savings. What do I do with it? So I saw a lot of questions like that. And so basically the way I boiled that one, that question down to is like, when do I start? Or how do I start investing? The when to invest always (laughs) makes me laugh a little bit because I think people get scared when they watch the news or they're you know, hearing their friends that they just lost money in the market because the market's been down for six months. So people always go like, when should I get in? Is like now a good time to get in or should I wait till the stock market goes back up? And the answer to that question is the time to invest is now. If you've never started, you need to create the habit, which is the most important thing of investing. There's no way to time the market. I mean, every expert will tell you that it's impossible. It's impossible to say when the bottom of the market is. It's impossible to say when the top of the market is. And anybody that tells you that they've been able to predict it, they're lying to you. For example, this year, The first part of this year, the first six months of this year, from January to June, were, in a word, disgusting. 
the the stock market was it was horrible. If you invested money in the stock market, you lost money. Period. End of story. It just happened. Now I know people that decided because they were losing money that they were just going to take their money out of the market. They literally they're losing money and they're like, I don't feel like losing any more money, so I'm going to take my money out of the market. Now, they did this in May. So, yeah, they look like it was a really good idea for June because most of June the market was still down. But what happened was in July, the stock market reversed and it went up 14%. Now, you're still down on the year, 100%. Like people are still down on the year, but if you've taken your money out of the market, you just lost that 14% gain and you aren't going to get it back. So, investing in the stock market or whatever your retirement is a long game. Let me repeat that. It's a long game. So it is always best to keep your money in the market because it eventually will come back around. And it's also if you set up the right habits, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, you would be adding to your portfolio, to your investments throughout the year. So when the market is down, you're actually adding money. So then when the market flips, that money is actually making you more money. So it's it's more of a mindset to get into that you think of like when the stocks are down, that they're on sale. So like you have like these great companies that are going to be around for years and years and years and people panic and they sell and they're selling these quality companies and it doesn't make any sense. And then that's when you have the opportunity if you've allocated funds throughout the year to then buy those great companies at a discounted price. I mean, everybody likes a sale and that's all it is, is when the stock market goes on sale, it's not going to go on sale forever. I'm going to tell you something right now that the average return on the S&P 500, an index fund that has the entire 500 stocks that are in the S&P index fund, right? So every single stock over a 20-year period, it's averaged a 10% return. Now that's years where like this year, it's probably going to be down five or 6%, but there's been years where it's been up 15 to 20%. So it's, again, it's the average over 20 years. It's gone up over 10%. That's the S&P 500. So my advice to you, if you are not invested in the stock market, if you're not invested in your retirement funds, you need to start. And when's the best time to start? The best time to start is now. Now, let me explain something. This is for long-term gain. This is for, I don't need the money for the next 10, 15 years, whatever it might be. I don't know your age. It's very hard to give you like a blanket like answer, but it's money that you don't need. What does that mean? Money that I don't need. I need all my money. No, it's money that you don't need right now. You have enough money to cover your bills. You have enough money to cover all your expenses. You have enough money that if there's an emergency, you wouldn't have to go take this money out. So you kind of follow me? So it's money that you have allocated for your investment and your retirement, and you do not need the money right now. I saw questions like, I have $5,000 to invest 
right now, but I'm going to probably need it in like six or eight months. Well, then you don't put it in the market because the market is unpredictable and it might go down. And then all of a sudden your $5,000 is, you know, 3,500 or 4,000. And then you're like, wait, I, I needed that money. No, remember, if we're going to go into our investment portfolio or our retirement, it's money that we do not need right now. It's money that is earmarked for future. I don't need it. I have an emergency fund. I have money to pay all my bills. This is extra income. The next question that I saw repeatedly had to do with more mindset. It had to do with, I have to develop a habit, right? So now I know I want to invest and I've answered the question, when should I invest? And the answer is now. And now we have to create this habit because Financial freedom, like putting your money into an investment portfolio or a retirement portfolio takes discipline and it takes a habit and it takes patience. Let me give you an analogy. It's kind of like a fitness journey where you're like, I want to get in shape. So do you just go to the gym for a week and then all of a sudden you're in shape? You're in this perfect, like you're in like exactly the shape that you wanted to be in? No, it takes time and it takes a lot of consistency and showing up in order to get the results that you want. It's the same thing with investing. In order to get the results that you want, you consistently have to keep adding to your portfolio year after year. I do have a percentage that I recommend. And remember, I'm not a financial advisor, but I do recommend that you look at your finances and that you allocate between five and 15%. That's five to 15% of your annual income should be earmarked for retirement and investing. That's just me. That's what I think you should do. That's what we do. Again, I'm not a financial advisor. You can talk to your spouse. You can talk to your partner. If you're solo, you can figure this out on your own. If you're solo and you're like, wait a second, I don't need that much money. I can do 20%, then do 20%. Knock yourself out. But that's the habit that I want you to get into. I want you to look at your finances. I want you to look how much money that you're bringing in annually. And I want you to be disciplined and say, I'm able to invest 5% of my annual income. And I'm going to spread that out over, you know, you could do it over 12 months. So you could put a little bit in every month, or you could do it like a little bit each quarter. So there's four quarters in the year. So maybe you allocate a little bit for each quarter, but I want you to get in the habit of doing this consistently month after month after month or quarter after quarter, because that's the best way to ensure yourself of long-term gains and being very successful in your investment or in retirement portfolio. And just like there's no miracle pill or miracle potion or miracle workout, like you're not going to go to the gym and like do one thing and you're just going to be like, oh, look at me, I'm sweet, right? And it's the same thing with investing. You're not going to put $500 on an investment and the next day you're going to wake up and you're going to be a millionaire. It doesn't work that way. It's just like your fitness journey. It's just like your financial journey. It's going to take a long time and you got to be consistent because what happens in your fitness? If all of a sudden you take three months off and you don't do anything, what happens? You go backwards. 
right? It's the same thing with your finance. If you're not consistently adding to it, you know, you're not going to get the gains that you really want. You really have to be just like, it's got to be part of your everyday life, just like brushing your teeth, you know, paying your car payment, paying your house payment. You have to allocate funds for your retirement or for your investment portfolio to see the results. And probably the most commonly asked question is how to start. Like, where do I start? Like, I don't even know like what to do. I, I don't have any stocks. I don't even know where to begin. Like I'm 33 years old and I, I have literally no clue. There was literally hmm, half the comments were, you know, in that gist. So here's how to start. And trust me, for most people, I know that this is the real problem because I've been on five or six podcasts in the last month doing financial stuff. And this is a commonly asked question is like, how do I even start? Do I have to get a financial advisor? Do I have to have $500 to start? Do I have to have $1,000 to start? Like, what's the minimums? Just all of these different questions because, you know, this isn't taught in school, which is ridiculous that this isn't taught in high school as part of the, you know, a requirement to graduate is to have basic knowledge of how money works and how to invest money and how to balance a budget. And, you know, I think they teach you in like economics or something like that, like how to write a check. I mean, checks are like outdated now. Nobody even uses checks. The kids these days don't even use checks. So we really need to hopefully someday that, you know, all 50 states will have this required. I think it's in like 13 states right now that there's requirements for high school kids to graduate, that they have to go through some kind of financial course. But I mean, it's something that parents aren't teaching their kids and kids aren't learning. So it's just like, it's a snowball effect. Like people just go through life in their twenties, their thirties, they have no clue. They wake up one day and they're like, wait a second, I think I'm supposed to be like, planning for retirement and I don't have any investments and like, where do I begin? So here's an easy way to get started. So I'm just going to give you three platforms, give you three apps because there's many out there. You can Google platforms to trade and buy stocks and ETFs and all that kind of stuff, right? And they're going to populate a bunch of them. And you might even say, give me the top 10 and just make sure that you're, you know, you're looking through them. But I'm going to give you three that are, you know, have been around a long time and are all free. And I feel comfortable sharing these with you. First one is E-Trade. The second one is Ameritrade. And the last one is Charles Schwab. Now, you might already have a brokerage or you might already have an app that you really like to use and you're just not utilizing it too much. I'm sure it's perfectly fine. If you have never started and you've never done this before, you might want to just look at these three. They're all very similar. And that's basically, you're going to download the app and you are going to get to the financial part of it. And all you're going to do is link your bank account to the platform that you've chosen. So let's just go with E-Trade. So I'm just going to pick E-Trade and you've downloaded the app. You know, you filled out all your things and they're going to ask you to put in your social security and your address and your email, and you're going to create a password and all that kind of stuff. And then you're going to get to the financial part of it. And you're going to go through steps to link your bank account and you can link other things, but you link your bank account to your E-Trade account. 
And then that way you can transfer funds back and forth. So if, for instance, you could, you know, if you're allocating a certain amount of funds each month to your E-Trade, you can just go in there every month and just boom, just transfer the money over to E-Trade from your bank. Now, once your funds have transferred, and usually for most of these apps, because you're doing a, a first-time transfer, they might take up to 48 to 72 hours just to verify everything. It's just being safe. It's it's all good. But once you've done a couple transfers, then it will do it like instantly for you. Now it's time to pick stocks. It's time to pick a mutual fund or an index fund or and if everything that I'm saying right now is foreign language to you, which it probably is because you know you're in the camp that I don't even know what platform to use. I don't even know how to get started. My suggestion to you would be to just do an S&P index fund that basically tracks the entire index fund. What does that mean? That means you own all 500 stocks. You buy one share of the index fund and you own a percentage of all of the stocks. So that way it's very diverse. That means you're not like putting all your eggs in one basket. And like, let's say for instance, you had $10,000 and you're like, I want to put $10,000 on Microsoft because Microsoft's a great company and that's what I want to do. So you put $10,000 on Microsoft and all of a sudden Microsoft, you know, has some problems and they start going down. Now, if you are in the S&P 500, you still have Microsoft, but you have all the other stocks. So the chances are that the other stocks out of the 500 aren't all going down. So basically, long story short, if you pick the whole index, you limit your risk. You're more diversified. Now you're not going to get like home run gains and you're not going to get like crazy losses either, right? So you're just going to be kind of steady, which is great because we're all beginner investors and we just are trying to figure out like how to get started. And the best way to do it is to just put your money in an S&P index, 500 index fund, right? Vanguard has a great one. I'll leave it. You can look it up. It's Vanguard's S&P 500 index fund has generated over 10% annually for the last 20 years. And the ticker symbol, which means what you would put in the, where it says pick a stock or whatever it is, you could just write in V O O. And it, so it's called VU. And that would bring up the S and P 500 index fund for, for Vanguard, which is a great one. Vanguard's a great one. So is Fidelity. Either one of those are great. And you could just literally just invest in that. There are so many financial advisors that say, if you don't have time to like figure out stocks and like you want to really learn the stock market game and like listen to quarterly phone calls with the CEO and like really be dialed into, you know, 25 or 30 stocks, then just do the index fund and forget about it. Like literally just figure out how much money you're going to put in this index fund every single year and just put it in. 
You could do it all at once, or you could do it like we talked about before. You could do a little bit every month, or you could do it you know, a little bit every quarter. My preference would be that when you're just starting out, that you do it every single month. So you develop that habit. And then once you're like, okay, I'm good. It's kind of a pain in the ass to like remember to do it every month, which all you got to do is put in your phone, right? You could do it like at the beginning of every quarter. So you could do it like January 1st, and then you could do it April 1st, and you know, so on and so on. Just pick each quarter and put the money in that you've allocated for your investment portfolio. Also, I saw a lot of questions on basically under the same category, like how to start is they were concerned that they didn't have a lot of money to kind of initially start. And it's just like the fitness thing. Yeah, you might have weight to lose or it might not be the ideal figure that you're looking for, but you just need to start, right? So opening up the account, linking your bank account and transferring the money and just, even if you can't afford a full share, so let's say, for instance, a share is you know, $200 and you're like, I only have $100 to start with. Well, the great thing about these apps now, and this has just kind of recently happened, is that you could actually buy fractional shares of stock, whether it's like I just talked about the, the S&P 500 index fund or you know, Amazon used to trade at like $3,000 for one share. And you're like, well, I mean, I have to have $3,000 to buy one share of Amazon. I really want to own some Amazon stock, but I don't have $3,000 to start with. Well, you can buy fractional shares. You could buy $100 worth of Amazon. You could buy $200 worth of Amazon, whatever it might be. But the point is, don't let the fact that you're not starting off with a bunch of money stop you from opening up an account and starting today because everybody starts at a certain point and it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And think of this, I used to always tell parents when they talked about how their kid was in like little league sports, you know, like youth football or basketball or soccer. And, you know, there was always like two or three kids that were like outstanding when they were little right? And when you watch those kids as they grow up and they go through middle school and high school, some of them, yes, pan out. Some of them just have it. You just have the athletic ability and some of them have it. And some of them, they just were more physically gifted than others, right? So I've always told parents, I'm like, hey, they're eight years old. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's the same thing with investing. This isn't a sprint. You're never going to do that. If you're trying to do like a get rich fast scheme, you're going to end up broke. Those don't work. They're false. And the consistency of just long-term, this is a marathon. The younger you are and start this. So if you're listening to this right now and you have young kids, get them started. Let them listen to this. You know, I did a whole course on this called Money Matters 101. I'm sure they'll link to the show notes. And if you want to dive in and go even deeper, you know, with a, with a course with 16 lessons, you can listen to it in a weekend. I'm very conversational, just like this. But if you want to get, you know, go deeper, I suggest that you check out that course. But this is something that if you're sitting here listening and you have children that are in middle school and high school, they should listen to this. They should start to become intrigued about how they can start investing a little bit of money because when you start when you're when you're young, oh my gosh. 
it, the compound interest, the fact that you have so many years. I mean, just do the math. If every year you're going to go up 10%, right? If you, if the S&P 500 index fund averages 10% over 20 years and you're 40 years old right now and you want to retire when you're 60, right? You get 20 years of that compound interest. If you're 18 years old or 20 years old and you want to go to your 60, you're 40 years. And it's not just double the money. It, it really starts to, to build momentum as you get more years of investing. It's just, it's the power of compounding and it's huge. They've written books about it. It's all that Warren Buffett talks about. And I just like, you know, Warren Buffett is the, probably the greatest investor in the world. And he, he get, he, he's got a lot of stock, right? So he's got a lot of Coca-Cola stock. And I heard this story that the CEO of Coca-Cola made like $50 million, you know, with bonuses and everything like that. And Warren Buffett, as a shareholder of Coca-Cola, made 500 million in one year just on the dividends of the stock alone right so it's it's how many years you can invest and keep building your portfolio with shares and putting in money and investing in great quality companies and the last tip that i want to give you is for those of you that have maybe done my course or heard about this, like an emergency fund, right? Where you put, you allocate funds for a rainy day that if somebody in your family or household lost their job or got an injury or got sick, that you have money allocated for that. Now, I know everybody doesn't have an emergency fund. It's definitely something that you should work towards. But if you have an emergency fund, where should you put those funds. Like if you have money that is, let's say for instance, you want to buy something in six months. So obviously based on this podcast, you're not putting that money in the stock market for investing because we don't do that. We don't put money that we need in the next six months in the stock market because it could go down. So where do we put that money? Well, when the interest rates were like 0%, you could just keep it in your bank because no no bank was giving you money to kind of just have a savings account. But because the interest rates are going back up, there are banks that will give you a higher percentage than your savings account in your Wells Fargo or your Bank of America or wherever you bank, which is giving you like 0.03% on your money in your savings, which is nothing. There are other banks out there that will give you a higher interest rate on your money that you're just kind of like keeping there for either an emergency fund or if maybe maybe you're saving up for a down payment on a house and it's a lot of money, but you can't put it in the stock market, right? So I want you to look into Wealthfront, wealthfront.com. And it's a bank, it's an app. You can put your money there and link it to your bank account, right? So you can transfer your money from, I'm just using hypothetically, Bank of America, and you're gonna transfer your 10,000 or $20,000, whatever you have for this thing that's coming up, and you can put it in Wealthfront. And I believe Wealthfront's just a little over 2% right now. So they're gonna pay you 2% while your money is parked there. 
and you don't have to keep it there. Like you could literally put it in there for like five days and you're like, oh shoot, I need it. And you could just go and get it. There's no like penalty for taking it out. It's just a place where you can park your money. Now, I'm sure Wealthfront isn't the highest. It's one that I've used in the past. There are others. So if you want to try to find the best rate or you might have something else, I'm sure you do. Just make sure you Google it. Make sure that you read all the terms. Make sure that there's like insurance on the money and all that kind of stuff. But the worst place that you can put money that you're kind of like saving for a rainy day or for, you know, a house or a car or whatever you got a vacation, it, the worst place you can put it is in your savings account, right? Just put it in somewhere where it's at least making a little bit of money. And, you know, every little bit counts. That's what I always say. Every little interest rate, every little percentage helps over time build your wealth. So I hope that was helpful. If you have any other specific questions, again, I'm not a financial advisor, but I do answer all my questions on DM on Instagram. And my handle is brettjohnson11, and that's brett with one T, 11. Make sure that you find the one that has 63,000 followers. I do have a couple fake accounts, which I apologize for. Not much I can do about it. It's an Instagram issue, not my issue. We've reported all of them, but I currently have a little over 63,000 followers. It's Brett Johnson 11, and you can ask me any question there. And I know that they'll put the course in the description in the show notes. So if you want to go check that out, feel free. There's lots of great content there. And again, I would love for you to share this with your teenagers or 20-somethings. I get so many messages in DMs and stuff that my kids are going off to college and I bought them your course because they wanted to start learning about finances. And it's just the best time to start is now. And the second best time to start is when you're young. So if you're not young, start now. But if you're young, start putting money away right now, just a little bit at a time and watch it grow. Thank you guys so much.